We have clients who can barely get out of bed, right? There are people on teams right now who are dealing with personal loss and professional loss where they're totally stuck. So just to get directionally in the right direction, and of course also set up their team for success so they have this massive burden now that they have to take on, what are the things you need to do first, immediately, before you even learn anything else that we teach you to get you directionally in the right way? What we found is that we gotta start with prioritization because what we're finding with our clients is they don't know what to do. They just wanna have a, a path lit forward for them. So we are lighting the path with these tools. We are providing them a simple, clear plan, two page that they can start with. the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with... Benj Miller. And in today's episode, uh, we have got a tag team of all tag teams. we got Jonathan Smith and Ben Berman, both certified EOS implementers out of New York City. Guys, welcome to Tractionville. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chris. All right, guys, so you are doing some pretty cool stuff right now. So, But before we jump into that, why don't we tell uh, the traction of the listeners, you know, who, who are you guys? And, and Ben, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, a bit of a lifelong entrepreneur, started my first business out of my basement when I was 14 um, and took all sorts of ventures from there, including something that was a rocket ship growth where EOS was helping guide us get our hands around just this nonstop growth and bringing people on the platform. And not such a rocket ship growth where I was brought in to run a company on my third day. I had a 55-year-old guy try to take a swing at a 52-year-old guy over a sales lead. So the culture was a little messed up. But between those two experiences, I sort of got the gospel of EOS uh, and it really it really captivated me and I was given the opportunity to jump in and I've been full on EOS ever since. Oh, that's great. Jonathan, same well, question. I was in EO Detroit with Gino. I met him before EOS. I was his second client. My brother Tyler and I are both in the book traction. Of course, mm -hmm. my brother tells me he's in more times than I am. That's what brothers do. <laughs> I used EOS to build an Inc. 500 business in the security space, primarily focused on security in the Middle East. I've been an EOS implementer since 2013, worked with 100 clients at this point, and um, had a, an amazing experience as an EOS implementer. That's great. Um, so guys, I, I, as I mentioned, and we kicked this off, you're doing some really cool stuff right now, considering the climate that we're in right now with the, the quarantine, of course, you guys in New York City, the front lines. Um, but you're creating a movement right now. And, and uh, I'm not sure which one of you wants to kick it off, but- I'll start. Yeah, tell, tell, tell us, what are you guys doing? Well, four weeks ago, I realized after maybe my fifth or sixth postponement of a session, that the conversation that I was having or we were having in January of 2020 with clients all about how much they were gonna grow in 2020 and beyond was dead. It just fell on deaf ears. And what uh, we realized was people really wanted to talk about resilience. Mm 
So I mentioned that I was in the security space in the past. I, in fact, have a certificate in crisis management, and I pulled, dusted that off, and we decided to create something called the Resilient Entrepreneur. And what the Resilient Entrepreneur does is it's a set of tools designed for crisis. And, and I think what's worth noting about all this is a lot of the concepts and things that we've done have been culled from years of experience, whether our own entrepreneurial experience or certainly a lot of our experience in the room with clients. We had been aching to kind of codify it into something that was complete. And we'd just been so busy. We were blessed to have so much going on EOS-wise for so many years now that we never really got the chance. So it's sort of the silver lining to a terrible situation where we got to flex our entrepreneurial muscle again. And like Jonathan said, in the last four weeks, work crazy, crazy amounts on getting this up and running. So right. taking those concepts that we've been using and actually bringing them into a comprehensive, easy to understand whole. Okay, so so with, uh, with some of the, the collateral that, uh, that you sent us, um, you guys have kind of carved out like seven fundamentals, right? Right. So, so what are the seven fundamentals? So the seven fundamentals basically break down the various pieces that you need to be in, in, um, in charge of or, or on top of in your business and with yourself. So the first one's prioritization. And the reason why we put that is because a lot of times, I mean, JBS can tell the story that we have clients who can barely get out of bed, right? There are people on teams right now who are dealing with personal loss and professional loss where they're totally stuck. So just to get directionally in the right direction, and of course also set up their teams for success so they have this massive burden now that they have to take on, what are the things you need to do first, immediately, before you even learn anything else that we teach you to get you directionally in the right way? From there, we go to the resilient mindset because really if the leader is not at their best and they're unable to function effectively, they're not gonna be seen clearly and they're not gonna be able to do the things that they need to do. So giving them both the mindsets they need, but since we don't really believe in theory for theory's sake, getting that into action, how you actually engender those mindsets in yourself through what we call the resilient rituals. From there, we go to leadership. And leadership is basically, it's all about kind of the people component of EOS insofar as how do you get your messages out clearly? How do you make sure that your team is stabilized? And how do you plan for the possible layoffs and, and adjustments in your workforce that you're going to have? From there, we talk about finance. And finance we start with because cash is the lifeblood of your business. So sure. how do you pull every single lever and, and make sure that you're driving as much cash? And then on top of that, um, make sure that you're predicting. So if there's a gap that's going to be coming down the line, you can account for it. From an operations perspective, that comes next. Resilient operations is all about having contingencies and backups and securing yourself so that your tech is strong, so that your supply chain is strong, your ability to deliver, even if you're cutting your team and your costs, is still high. So you don't lose customers right out the back door. And then of course, sales and marketing, where it's all about prioritization of relationships and effort because you're gonna to have to spend more effort to get the same amount of sales you got before and stuff that was just speculative looking to the future is probably not the time for it right now. We need to drive immediate ROI. Right. And then finally, we talk about a resilient future because we've already seen a ton of our clients and a ton of people who have helped with this system take these opportunities that are unfurling themselves in front of them and be really mindful of how they pivot. 
So whether that's looking at your SMAC recipe, whether that's looking at the capabilities, the opportunities and the dangers, getting a really, really fast and effective strategic analysis. Where are we right now? Where are the opportunities in front of us? And what's real as opposed to a mirage? And then being able to actually execute and take advantage of those. And in some cases actually be better off than before the crisis. Mm. Now, are, are you guys, so ops, finance, process, what about sales and marketing? So from a sales and marketing perspective, it, it, again, it, it's about prioritization. So we say, first of all, it's a time for relationships, right? No one wants to be the icky salesperson right now who's completely tone deaf. That's a great way to lose all your prospects and get made fun of probably on social media, right? No one wants to go viral for the wrong reasons. Right. So it's all about making sure that you're supporting, having the conversation and go directly to those customers or your potential customers. And then from a prioritization perspective, a lot of stuff, you know, sales and marketing departments, they're great because they can be really creative, but they can also be really speculative. So trying all these new things and, and putting all this new money, we're gonna test this, we're gonna test that, going back to the basis of what actually works so that you're driving immediate, immediate effects. Stuff that you know works, there's no wasted money, and if you can prioritize the later and the late stage in your sales funnel, so to speak, we can get those people who were, ah, oh, they weren't quite sure, they were just about to be go over, get them over that hump, get them on board, maybe be creative with the, with the promotions that you run so that you're able to actually drive sales without lowering your status because you're acting like a fool or arbitrarily lowering prices. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tractionville. I'm your host, Chris White, and along with my co-host, Ben Miller, we'd like to thank our listeners and sponsors for helping and supporting this podcast. Please like, share, and leave your comments and help us continue to build the EOS community worldwide. You guys take me back and give me a little more color around the mindset piece. That was really intriguing, but maybe the, the least clear because it sounded like you skimmed over it, but it was a mile deep. Yeah, so the, the mindset, what we found is that we got to start with prioritization because what we're finding with our clients is they don't know what to do. They just want to have a, a path lit forward for them. So we are lighting the path with these tools. We are providing them a simple, clear plan, two page that they can start with. So once we had the prioritization in place, what we realized is psychologically, people are hurting. And, 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 and so what's happening is we decided that prioritization was one, but we had to do self-care, number two. Yeah. And, go ahead, Whitey. Uh, yeah, I, you know, that just nailed it for me. And, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in the intro, you were talking about how uh, in, your, in your previous life in the finance um, that you were, you were certified in crisis management and you dusted it off, right? And, and you, you pulled those tools back out. Um, and I think, you know, that lead, the, the mindset leads into the, the resilient leadership. And can, you, can you go a little deeper kind of connecting those two? Because they're two separate tools, right? They are. Yeah, we made them as two separate tools. And really the mindset piece came, I think, why do you know my friend Todd Opalski, yeah. who was a former special operations guy, yeah. and he's all about mindset. And, he, and so he said, you got to have the right mindset and you got to have the right rituals. And so yeah. our, our mindset goes into, you got to be productively paranoid. 
So that mindset comes from, uh, from Great by Choice by Jim Collins. But, you know, you got to be paranoid at this point. Sure. So, so you got to be productively paranoid insofar as you're looking at your downside risk constantly and not taking things for granted, always looking around the corner and adjusting accordingly. You have to be uh, basically maniacally disciplined, right? Fanatically disciplined. So how are we making sure that we have that same steady action, whether you wake up on the wrong side of the bed because it's horrible out in the world right now, or you're super pumped up not to overextend yourself. And then uh, empirical creativity, because a lot of people are going after these mirages right now. And instead of taking these big swings and overextending themselves, taking these measured initial tests to confirm the, the hypothesis and then driving forward once we confirm that that's the right direction. And in addition to that, we say you have to be adaptable and flexible. Those are the last two of the five. And flexible is from the short term. They're going to be different ways. We're, we're, we're able to, most people are working from home right now. There are these micro adjustments that are happening that we need to make on a daily basis and just be, we know it's coming. So just be ready for it. And then from an, an adaptable perspective, that's a longer term change, right? A lot of industries that we're looking at right now are getting completely, completely disrupted. How do we adjust ourselves for the long term and be open to the fact we don't want to be the last horse and buggy salesman, right? We have to, right. be able to look to what's coming around the corner and adjust accordingly. I was just going to add from a tool perspective. So we have like, here's the mindsets, but how are you going to actually maintain those mindsets? So we have a right. tool that then says every day we're going to check in on the following. How did you sleep? Did you meditate? Did you read? How did you eat? Right? Did you journal? And we're going to say every day we're going to go through that. And every day your team should be thinking of the same sorts of things. Being at home, teaching your kids um, because they're not at school and you have to homeschool them online and getting interrupted and not having space, et cetera, et cetera. All of those disciplines need to be in place from a self-care standpoint. Yeah. And yeah. You know, Ben, Ben, I want to I ask you a question, Ben, because you, you said something about, you know, you talked about the resilient future, right? And you talked about looking around the corner. We all, and, and, there, and like you said, there's a lot of people that can't get out of bed right now. How does that tool, the resilient future, get them out of bed? Because they're, they're, they're scared, right? They don't right. want to look around the corner maybe in some instances. How are you guys helping them do that? Right. So, so it actually it answers your previous question too, which is you have to get yourself, we sort of say with the mindset, Put your own oxygen mask on first so that you can function. And those, those tools are going to help you get out of bed and just get into action. Prioritization, where are you focusing? As you move to the leadership piece, we're now getting everyone else involved. So you may not have the personal capacity to look at every single potential opportunity. People who are seeing stuff on the field, right, that field reconnaissance, and even your leaders are going to know if you've got a good team, are going to know what opportunities exist probably better than you do. One of Jonathan's clients even actually made that comment, right? He realized his team was seeing things way clearer than he was because he's at the top, whereas they're seeing stuff happen on the ground. So once we've established that you have secured yourself, your team has been set up in a way to be successful, so you're sort of spreading those mindsets in, in a productive way and adding it to your team and at, at scale, we now get every single leader in the room, we call it a war room, and you're going through that conversation saying, what are you seeing? What are those opportunities look like? And what are the dangers, right? It's a, back to that productive paranoia to say, 
what are we seeing that could potentially hurt us and how do we account for that? So a lot of the interesting, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of uh, demand for products has dried up. So we've seen a, a lot of our clients actually pivot to things that, whether they're face masks or, or uh, microviral, antiviral, antiviral materials and things like that. What they're doing is they're shifting the capabilities that they have, which is a really strong supply chain in manufacturing, and just adjusting the inputs to it so that they can take advantage without saying, well, we're going to try to become a retail store because it seems like we could sell a bunch of masks. That's not what they're set up to do. So how are you guys, it sounds like you've done a lot of work to, with the, the IPE, the helpfulness of these tools. How have you taken this to market? How can people interact with what you guys have put together? What we've done is we actually created an online course because what we realized was in the last four weeks, we needed to get this content in a format that was implementable in a business. We've done it with 50 clients right now. So we took all our EOS clients and had these conversations with them to help them get, get uh, to be more resilient. And then what we've done is built an online course that is, um, so, you know, it basically, it's not a webinar. It actually is a self-paced course online marching, uh, launching May 1st at theoptimizergroup.com. It's about six to eight hours of content. And, and it, it will teach you how to implement these tools in your business today because we wanted to go to market as fast as we could so people could save their businesses for the future. Yeah, that's smart uh, and helpful. So what does it, it walks you each through each of these seven in order um, with some content and some, some tools to take action? Is that right? That, that's, that's right. So what we actually did was we built something called a playbook, which is sort of the, 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 the foundational tool where it's, it's bringing a lot of these concepts to bear immediately. So there's context. So you actually can take that tool and begin to work through it on your own. We walk through everyone with videos, workbooks, and a guided, a guided script of how to work through your team. And we'll actually take them piece by piece. So you can take each department and implement it quickly and effectively. Our goal is action, right? We don't want hours and hours of, of, uh, <laughs> of mental masturbation, right? So yeah. what we're looking here is, is basically, to be crude, we need action and we're trying to drive that. Another way that we've been able to do that in mass is by having uh, sort of one-to-many workshops where groups have brought us in and we're getting a bunch of people together, having those conversations and ultimately um, disseminating the information on a, on a more personal, but certainly not a one-to-one or one-to-leadership team level. Yeah, there's just not time for that, right? We Like <laughs> you guys can't get into a thousand businesses in the next two weeks. Uh, if you're doing the one-to-one. So it makes a lot of sense. I think it's smart to help a lot of, you know, everybody listening out there in Tractionville can go sign up for it today and get to work. And I know that um, for me, some of these areas stand out more than others. Like I, you know, looking at the list of seven, I'm like, ah, I've got a good grip on, you know, these four, but I've neglected these other three. Is that something that you see as a common theme? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what's interesting is, we find that this is, you know, a, a great addition to companies running on EOS as opposed to a uh, distraction where EOS, you still have to have, I mean, if you don't have the fundamentals of EOS, there's still going to be issues, right? It's right. not an immediate solve. The point is we're taking a bad situation and making it better. And then 
you know, if you, if you don't have the six key components locked in, you still have intrinsic issues in the business. They still need to be solved. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, you can't, you can't get stronger in the middle of a competition, right? You got to get stronger before, before the competition happens. And, um, so I like that, like EOS is the, you, you know, your, your regimen that you're getting stronger, getting stronger, getting stronger, but we're, we're in competition. This is like, this is like the wartime playbook is what it seems to me. We're like, Hey, we can't, we can't take a time out from this to get prepared for this. Right? right. We're in it and we have to react. So how do we do that quickly? What should we be thinking about? I love how you guys organized it, broke it down. Um, really beautiful, really helpful. Ben, I love what you said because it, it reminds me, Whitey and I uh, grew up boxing and, and it reminds me of, you know, yeah, certainly there's all this work you have to do in the gym. And if you don't do it, you're sunk. But you also need to have a coach who's ringside when the haymakers are coming at you, getting you through the frenzy and helping you adjust on the micro level. Yeah. And, you know, Ben, um, I want to go back to one of the comments that you made about uh, getting in the war room. And I want to spend a minute there, right? Because like in, in, in EOS, we have the, the weekly level 10 meeting, right? Is, is the war room cadence something different than your, your once a week, 90 minute meeting? We created this with one of my contracting clients who was going to lose $3 million in the quarter if we didn't do something. Okay. okay? And what he realized was a level 10 meeting wasn't going to get him where he needed to go. And what he realized was that we had some bloat coming out of 10 years of financial expansion. And what he did was he was more engaged in his business in the last 30 days than he's been in the last three years. And we built a series of war rooms, war room for estimating, war room for sales, war room for marketing, war room for operations that actually cascaded up to a war room. And when I say war room, daily war room every single day cascading to the leadership team so we could make sure on Friday that all the invoices were going to go out that were committed to from the project manager because in the past if it went out two weeks later no one no one noticed even though we're probably fading on margin as a result of doing that but no one was paying attention everyone's paying attention now so the sure. war room is is part of the meeting pulse but it's happening daily as opposed to um, a weekly level time. And what's the agenda? What does it look like? We've seen a, a, a number of iterations, right? In some cases, in some teams, it looks like just a stand-up meeting when you've got 10, 15 minutes and it's what we get done yesterday, what's going on, what are you working on today, what do you need help with, and action items, right? In other cases, like Jonathan described, it's a much more involved kind of extended IDS and check-in, almost like a level 10. What, what is the data that you need to get on an ongoing basis. And what we're finding is your, your cadence across the board as we cover in prioritization, first things first, what numbers are more important now than they were before? Are you tracking the disruptions in the supply chain? Is cash in the most important number and are you tracking it daily? So those adjustments in pace likely are going to inform and drive the meeting structure and um, frequency. Yeah. I'm reminded that people also, they want to, understand where the organization's at and they want to help right but if we don't communicate and we don't ask and, and get really clear on what they can do to play a role to get to the other side of this then we're missing the opportunity as as leaders to really engage them because fear will fill that gap you know just create the certainty of the day right like what does today look like in the middle of this uncertainty 
what's the certainty of the day? You know, Ben, you, you nailed it. And it's why communication factors so heavily in our leadership uh, segment. So uh, we, we have the privilege of, and, and Jonathan has actually as an EOS client, former hostage negotiator, Chris Voss. And he tells a story brilliantly that he would check in with, with um, families of hostage victims almost on a daily basis, even if there was no update, because the simple fact of saying, I want you to know next time we're going to talk, and then confirming that, building that trust, hey, there's nothing to report, but just want to check in and let you know so you didn't have to worry. That level of, of, of sort of uh, EQ, right, emotional quotient, that's what you need as a leader to stabilize your team. And then what's more is the last thing you need in, in chaos is to pour more chaos on top of it. If your message, you have three people saying three slightly different things and you actually are not physically in the office together and they're already freaking out and scarfed, that's not going to work very well, right? So by simplifying the message, by being deliberate, just like we would think about a cascading message and making sure that we're even cleaner with our messaging so we don't have that game of telephone where one message becomes something completely different and you have disarray. Sure. Jonathan, I want to, Ben just gave us an acronym and I know that you are deep into SCARF. Can you, can you talk about that? Tell our listeners what SCARF is. Yeah. So SCARF is about brain science and it's how you get impacted by, and SCARF stands for um, status. So if your status is going up, you're feeling good. You, you feel more, more trust. If status is going down, all of a sudden you're checked out and you're, you know, you may not be quite as interested in being on that team. C stands for certainty. So are you certain? We are all uncertain at this point. All of our certainty has gone down. It's all draining from us. Autonomy. Like, do you have, like Todd Opowski would say, a license to hunt? Can you go out there and do your thing, drive around Florida like you have, Whitey, getting clients? Or is someone telling you what to do, right? Relatedness. Do you feel like you're on a team, right? If you feel like you're on a team and you're you're not an if you feel like you're on an island, you're feeling like your your trust is going down, right? And fairness, you know, does it feel fair? Is everyone being treated equally? If if you are and you feel like it's a fair deal, the team comes together well. If it doesn't, the team falls apart. So that's scarf. That's great. Thank you for that. Guys, I don't want to miss the entrepreneurial story here. It is absolutely amazing that you've thrown this together in three or four weeks. Um, you saw a hole in the market. You had an expertise. You filled it. I appreciate it. Normally, we wrap by asking you each, what's one piece of advice that you would give? But I think you're both going to say, go take our course. So somebody tell us, give us really clear directions on what we need to do when we close this podcast to go start getting trained to be the resilient entrepreneur so the optimizergroup.com is where the course is you can download our uh, resilient playbook for free so it's like the vto you can download it for free the course is 249 it's going to launch on a monday you know what we felt was important was the price needed to be a a micro payment compared to what a payment might have looked like in january so we're trying to get to as many people as possible with the course. We appreciate the nod to the entrepreneurship. We identify ourselves as EOS implementers who are entrepreneurs first, not coaches first, 
right? Yeah. So, and that's just what we've demonstrated with building the, the resilient entrepreneur. And is it something I, uh, you know, for, for the visionaries that are listening out there, should they listen to it? Is this a VI thing? Is this a senior leadership thing? Like who, who's the audience for the course? Everyone on the leadership team, right? So okay. visionary is going to see something different than the integrator, than the salesperson, the ops person, the finance yeah. person. So if you're listening, you need to go sign up your whole team. That's right. Sweet. Thank you guys. I appreciate what you've done and for joining us here on Tractionville. Tractionville, I hope you enjoyed this special episode. We're doing the best we can to give you tools to get through this crazy crisis. Um, but as always, a regularly scheduled episode will hit on Tuesday. Hey, if this was helpful, will you share it with a friend or jump on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, and rate us. Give us some feedback on our website, tractionville.com. See you next week.